Hello and welcome to the first Bundesliga Diaries of the 21-22 season. It seems only yesterday that the European Championships finished. Football didn't come home, unfortunately, uh, and didn't go home to probably the place where it really is home, Germany, because uh, they were pretty poor, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. They were, and uh, I think Italy's still a pretty good footballing home, to be honest. True, but you, you know what I mean. Germany's mate, it was previous your fir- success, your first final since 1966. I just realised that. Yeah, mate, before yeah. the final. Yeah, you were shocking. In the last 20, 30 years. Oh right, okay. I thought you meant like in this tournament. Not in I this tournament. <laughs> Um, I mean, as I said before, you were one of the more decent teams, but I I felt like you could really see the players had a lot of games, the season was long, and yeah, a lot of teams didn't want to go into too much risk. Wasn't the greatest tournament, as I would say. Yeah, you were saying this, and I I, I totally disagree. I thought it was was a really good tournament overall. Because you reached the final. I mean, that helps when you reach the final, don't get me wrong, but I think there were some real standout games as well across the tournament. France, Switzerland, um, Spain, Croatia was another one I think both semi-finals as well were really captivating to watch and I'm not saying the the pure star quality is not always there I appreciate what you're saying with that but in terms of captivating and throwing in football I think I think it did the job well I, I can also add to that it helped a lot that the Euros were on because there were no debates between my girlfriend and me what to watch the Euros are on you're gonna watch the Euros <laughs> exactly well she must have been pretty happy being Italian yeah I also got a nice track top from Italy I did try to put a hundred euros on Italy but she said no you're bad luck <laughs> you shouldn't do that <laughs> um, but yeah I don't mind she's happy and uh, the track top does look pretty tight well, at least someone's happy, eh? Anyway, before we get stuck into the first part of this two-episode preview, we do have an announcement to make. Obviously, we've been doing this for the past three seasons, altogether the three of us, covering the Bundesliga every week. We've done about 150 episodes during that time, and we've kind of reached a bit of a crossroads, really, in terms of you know the time that it does take, because a lot goes into creating the, um, the podcast, both in terms of the preparation beforehand and the, the editing after that as well. So what we decided to do is take it down to a monthly episode um, and alongside that we'll be doing uh, the interviews and the short series that we started last season and that seemed to be quite popular. Yeah, it might not seem like it, but this show can take a while to research and whatnot, watching <laughs> an awful lot of games. And yeah, it is quite a lot of time and we just kind of feel that certainly it's a big commitment to do a whole season every every single week and we'd rather maybe do fewer episodes of greater quality than maybe a lot of episodes of maybe middling to average uh, quality but uh, one thing I will say as well is that uh, I know that a lot of people when they write in our reviews online say that they really like the fact that we don't always talk about Bayern we do cover all the other teams and we're still going to be doing that we might not have as many episodes but we're still going to cover every single team we're also going to be able to try and maybe bring you some more fan stories which we kind of didn't really get to cover last uh, season for a variety of reasons and also as well devote a bit more time to some Q&As as well because certainly last season there was some stuff that I had to edit out just because we were sort of running out of time so we're still going to bring you 
everything that you've hopefully enjoyed about the Bundesliga Diaries so far, but hopefully you'll understand why we might also just want to dial it back a little bit in terms of the amount of episodes uh, that we're putting out. But uh, certainly it's hopefully still going to be one of the better German podcasts to listen to. <laughs> yeah, we are. so that's the main thing, you know, the, the quality over the quantity. It can happen that over the course of a season, some things do get repeated. <laughs> a fair bit. <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Uh, so that's something that, yeah, we also want to want to dial back on. So yeah, I mean, obviously for the preview, we've still got uh, the, the full preview like we did last year. And um, there may be uh, a quiz episode as well um, throughout the season that, that we'll do. But yeah, that's a general plan. Um, one episode a month and one interview with people in and around German football as well to go alongside that. So two episodes um, rather than, I guess, the minimum four that we would have last season. Uh, so yeah, stick with it. Stick with us. <laughs> the preview. Let's jump into that. As we did last season, we're going to cover all 18 teams in detail, starting with the bottom nine and then going on to the top nine in the second episode. That means we kick off with the promoted teams and the team that finished in second place in the Zweite Bundesliga last season was Greutherford. They secured their place in the Bundesliga on the final day of this Fighter Bundesliga season. And yeah, I mean, it's only their second ever season in the Bundesliga. Their first was during the 2012-13 campaign and they were directly relegated uh, that term. They'll be hoping that that doesn't happen again, right? Well, absolutely. And they've already been talking, as you would normally expect from a team that finished second in the Zweite Bundesliga with the squad that they have, particularly when compared to uh, the rest of the Bundesliga now. They've already been talking about staying up will be sensational. That's how they're approaching the season. It makes complete sense, especially as well when you say that they've not really been in the Bundesliga before. It's not like it's a team returning after a little bit of time away. I think they only have one goal. Yeah, and also getting promoted wasn't even a goal before their uh, Zweite Bundesliga season last year. If you looked at the squad, there were probably a midfield table, maybe uh, one of the better midfield tables, but but no team that had any ambition to push towards the Bundesliga. And uh, the, the league and the season just fell in this way. Other teams... Hamburg, I'm looking at you, <laughs> just uh, couldn't do it. And Kreuterfurt just finished off really good, winning a couple of their last games. And Kiel struggling, lost two or three in the end. So Kreuterfurt were lucky also not to have to go to the promotion playoffs against Köln. And yeah, they were lucky to even get promoted. And they're probably aware of that situation. And um, yeah, they will try their best. But staying up would be a massive success. And we're saying that every year that all all the promoted teams are like, yeah, one of them or two are, are going down. But I think Kreuterfurt is even weaker than Bielefeld was last season. Yeah, and I think one of the big problems for Furt is who they've actually lost as well, because they've lost four players really that were pretty much ever presence, I think, or a big part of their promotion team. David Raum's gone to Hoffenheim, Anton Stach's gone to Mainz, Paul Jackel's gone to Union and Sebastian Ernst has gone to Hanover. Um, and if you look at, I mean, at least three of those players, they're going to good Bundesliga teams, which shows the quality that they have. And then you look at, um, have they been able to replace that? And I would probably say there's been question marks over that. So the jobs become a lot harder. They did get Adrian Fein, uh, who did play for Bayern in, in its youth years and has some experience in the Zweite and Third Division. And uh, he is also uh, number six, so I think he's a pretty much a one-to-one -one substitution to Stach. 
maybe they also linked to the contract that they would play against Bayern because they did in preseason mm. only lost 1-0 which is a good result but the other results weren't as great I think they haven't even won a single match in preseason um, lost against Fenerbahce for example 3-2 drawn against Ingolstadt so yeah I'm not really sure how good they are but preseason is preseason and I also like a manager to test something out For both the promoted teams, I cannot really say too much about their managers, but they have similar uh, ways of life. Um, I mean, they both played uh, third division and second division, and then they continuously worked their way yeah. up with youth teams and grew in their uh, in their experience and got uh, bigger jobs. And I'm I'm really uh, curious, and I really want to see what they can do. But I believe uh, Goethefurt might have the the better manager with uh, Stefan Leitl. He was a number 10 player in his career, did score a lot of goals, and um, seems like a player who understands to play good football uh, mm. in terms of rise from Frau Bochum who was a defender and who was rather destroying what uh, the other teams created. Uh, yeah, but both with really interesting careers as, as players and then continuously worked their way up. So that can be really interesting next season. Fürth relied, I mean, mainly on their attack last season. Only Hamburg scored more than them in the Zweiter Bundesliga last season. Um, Fürth with 69 goals, which in 34 games is a good return, more than two a game. The main thing, you, you, you touched upon it uh, a little bit, Mirko, is that it does seem to be often the case in the Zweiter Bundesliga that one team a little bit out of nowhere can put themselves in that position to get promoted every single season. I don't think anybody necessarily expected Bielefeld to go up or certainly not automatically last season uh, but they, they managed to do that you know when Paderborn got relegated then came back up and then went straight back again to the Bundesliga again nobody really expected that to happen so Furt have grabbed their chance to get into the Bundesliga yeah whether they can stay there that's the big question losing those players as you said Richard uh, is massive especially you know, look at David Raum for example uh, played every single game and provided 15 assists from, well, from left back which is which is massive so you look at the players they brought in um, I mean they, they signed Jessica Ngankam on loan from Hertha who then tears his ACL within 48 hours of signing absolute nightmare uh, and you look at the other players and there's not really too much to get excited about so it feels like they're already at that disadvantage where they've lost star players and haven't replaced them really with, with anybody too worthwhile um, it seems unfortunately they're up against it also when they're having uh, Branimir Rogota as their top striker with 16 goals He did play a Bundesliga for Gladbach, for Frankfurt as well. And I mean, when you look at this player, it really feels like first division is a little bit too much for him. Yeah, he can score goals in the zweite Bundesliga, but I guess he won't score more than 10 in the, in the first. So um, that will be tough. But on the other hand, Bochum, for example, lost one of their key strikers with Robert Schul. So at least Kreuterfeld still have their attack. But yeah, mm. it will be tough for them to score as many goals in the Bundesliga and another thing when I look at the squad as well uh, is just how how young it is they've got one player over 30 and four over 26 every other player is 26 or under it's the second youngest squad in the Bundesliga only Stuttgart have got a younger right. squad so to be fair for Stuttgart um, I didn't go too badly last true, season true <laughs> true but I think when you also look at 
I don't like to necessarily look at sort of market value of a squad. I think it can be a little bit misleading at times, but certainly uh, when you look at um, the teams down the bottom of that table, Furt's squad is is ranked as basically the worst squad of the Bundesliga in terms of money. Without knowing the numbers offhand, I would be very certain of saying that they probably have one of, if not the smallest operating budget of a Bundesliga club. I can't really think of, and maybe Bochum, but I still think Bochum probably still have a bit more money to work with. There's all these little things that just kind of, they go against you. And like you say, uh, you know, you're up against it from the off. Yeah, interesting that you did touch upon market value and also mentioned Stuttgart. Because, yeah, those market values sometimes increase really fast or drop really fast mm. on based on performances. Yeah. And for example, Stuttgart started last uh, Bundesliga season with a market value, I mean, quoting Transfermarkt here, yeah. um, with 76 million. And now they're at 165 million. So yeah. they more than doubled their squad. But Fürth also did the same within the Zweite Bundesliga. They started at 11 million. Now it's already at 30 million. And that is the market value of promoted teams usually between 30 and 50 million, I would say. And and Fürth is on the lower end. But yeah, if they have a good start, uh, if they have some good games like Stuttgart, market values can also increase rapidly. So uh, it's not the best to look at yeah. that at promoted teams because a lot of players are unknown and you don't know how they will perform in the Bundesliga. Sure. And I could expect uh, Fürth to just have a good season. Maybe the team has something in them. But I think it's all relative as well, because even if, say, Furt doubled their market value again, they'd only move above two teams in that in that whole list. There, there's still a big gap, I think, just in general. But if they've got a manager that can at least do what he's done in the last season, which is basically get the most out of your squad. We saw last year Bielefeld staying up. It is possible. They actually kick off uh, against Stuttgart on the opening day of the Bundesliga season away from home. Then Bielefeld and Mainz in the next two games. So it's a relatively nice start to the season. If they can really kick on um, you know, early on and put a bit of a marker down, pick up some points uh, from those opening trio of games, then it might give them a confidence to be able to push on and, and, and try and just get as many points on the board as early as possible. If they are cut adrift early on, then it's just going to be a real, real slog for third, I feel. Um, but yeah, welcome to, to the Bundesliga. It remains to be seen whether they are still there uh, next season as well. Talked about Bochum there ever so slightly, and we move to them now. They won the Schweizer Bundesliga last season, only three points ahead of Furt actually in the end. But although the table didn't perhaps illustrate it as much as it should have done, they did really dominate the second tier. They were in the top two uh, from January the 16th, from the start of March, they were top of the league. So they were always in pole position to go up, and they got the job done. Yeah, and a little bit like Furt, they've lost some players and Mirko mentioned him earlier, Robert Schull has left and he is going to be a big miss for them. 15 goals and 15 assists last season is a massive, massive part of their success. I don't necessarily think that he would have torn it up in the Bundesliga. He was on loan at Union for the promotion season from Hoffenheim. And when Union didn't buy him going into the first season of the Bundesliga, I wasn't that upset about it, really. I think he's a player that likes to 
play the game at his own speed, do his own thing, will very rarely kick the ball harder than what is necessary. And it's fine if you're Dimitar Berbatov and you can play like that. When you're Robert Saul in the second division, it can be a little bit infuriating. And the fact that he's gone to the UAE at the age of 29 to go and play probably sums him up and sums up the amount of effort that he's probably willing to put into a football game, if I'm being perfectly honest. Undoubtedly a fantastic technical player. He's very, very, very good. But sometimes I think the application has been missing. But, you know, he did do it last season and it's a bit of a shame that Bochum aren't going to get to maybe see if he could have reproduced that in the Bundesliga. The main thing about that is replacing that player. You know, mm. I mean, I can understand where you're coming from in terms of his uh, his application, attitude, etc. But at the end of the day, he scored 15 goals and had 15 assists last season, and you have to replace that output. Uh, in terms of new signings, the ones that jump off the page, perhaps in that number 10 position, Edward Leuven, who comes in on loan from Hertha, who was at Nuremberg before. A lot of talk about him being perhaps a talent for the future and hasn't really shown it too much yet, at least on a, on a consistent basis. But the talent's there, you feel. Um, Takuma Asano as well from Hanover, people might remember him. He's also joined on a free transfer. Mikhail Esser also joined from Hanover as well. Disappointing that he's already injured. <laughs> yeah, and they just uh, recently got Elvis Rexbejai, who was on loan at Cologne last season, and they just loaned him from Wolfsburg. So he will probably be the offensive midfield player to replace Schul. But... If you're slagging off uh, players, former Union players, then I can also <laughs> slag one of the Frankfurt players. They have Danny Bloom in the squad, uh, who did have yes, 22, yeah. 24 games last season, did have some assists. If he is starting in Bundesliga, they're going down. They're going down by a mile. I remember this. I remember your uh, dislike of this guy from when he was at Frankfurt. Yeah. He's just not, it's not nothing personal. It's just like... <laughs> That's not Bundesliga quality. They, well, they also have signed for the left wing as well, uh, Antwi Ajay from Paderborn, who played in the Bundesliga for Paderborn a couple of seasons ago and was probably one of the brighter sparks of their team. You saw that, you know, he could be a very dangerous player, uh, certainly on the counter-attack. And I think if you are a team that's going to be down the bottom in the Bundesliga, one thing you still need is you need a bit of pace and you can't play slow football because it's not really going to get you anywhere because you don't have the actual talent to be able to unlock a tightly packed defence. You need to be able to attack with a little bit of directness and a little bit of pace. And he would definitely bring that. So that's not a bad signing, really. Uh, in terms of the manager, uh, you mentioned him as well, Mirko, slightly before, Thomas Reis, who is a proper Bochum man, made over 200 appearances for them as a player and been the setup for around 10 years as well. So uh, he has been around for a long time there, knows the club, you know, the players know him, the club knows him, um, and he's got them back into the Bundesliga. So a settled situation at Bochum perhaps could play in their favour. Just one other thing as well, which is I think something that Mirko talked about last season with certain teams is that being someone that is so closely associated with the club, I don't think Bochum will be in any position to quickly suddenly change managers just if they have a little bit of a dodgy run or maybe they're still looking like they're going to be in the bottom come the end of the season, which is probably likely going to happen anyway. They're not going to rush and make rash decisions like maybe some other clubs might do if they start to fear relegation. 
Indeed. Um, you mentioned in terms of goals, who uh, they'll be looking to lead the line for them. Simon Zola, who scored 15 last term, it's unlikely that this will happen, but he'll be hoping at least perhaps to become the fourth ever Bochum striker to win the top goalscorer award in the Bundesliga. Three others uh, have won it before. Yeah, it's sort of an interesting stat, maybe. I wonder if uh, you might know who they were, Merck. All right, I definitely know two, I would say. Theophanes Gekas. Good shout, yeah. And Thomas Christiansen. That's also a good shout, yeah. And uh, in what what age? In what time? It was in the 80s. In the 80s. Nah. He will be very, very well known to fans in England. He's also well known in Germany right now as well. Mid, what, late 80s, early 80s? Yeah, late 80s. I don't know. Stefan Kuntz. Ah, ah. Was, was there and he was top goal scorer in 87-88 I believe yeah unlikely that Zola will be <laughs> able to join them on that list however if he does then I think that Bochum will be very safe next season in Bundesliga so they are the two newly promoted sides to the Bundesliga now we move on to the teams from last year's Bundesliga who uh, well just about managed to stay in the top flight uh, we start with Köln who left it very late in the season to secure their place in this new season. They needed a second leg hammering, to be fair, of Holstein Kiel in the relegation playoff to stay up. They won 5-2 in that second leg after winning 1-0 in the first match. For Köln, with a new manager in Stefan Baumgart, it's what we all wanted to see, buzzing to see him back in the Bundesliga. Uh, and I feel like a match with Köln could be really quite chaotic. Uh, we lost Schalke, we need someone else to take the range really I'm loving his vibe so much already some of the hats that he's been wearing on the sideline and also just his general attitude towards the squad he has already said that drinking and smoking will not be banned around his squad he said that uh, it would be good if they didn't smoke in front of the team bus but if a player thinks he needs to go and sit in the corner of the dressing room after the game and have a cigarette then I'm not going to go over to him and tell him to stop Kreisliga vibes yeah. in the Bundesliga. You know, he also said it's up to them to worry about whether or not they're fit. We're here to work and not have fun. He's clearly trying to give them a bit and give and take, treat them with respect and hope he gets respect back. And I think Köln will only resp- will only do well with a motivated squad uh, mm. and one that's working together. And I think he is capable of getting that. They've not made too many signings. One that maybe stands out is uh, Lubacic from Rapid Vienna. He's a 23-year-old defensive midfielder, got over 100 games in the Austrian Bundesliga, a dozen games in the Europa League, represented every level at Austria apart from the full uh, national team, but he's gone through all the, the age groups. And uh, you saw in the Euros that Austria have a lot of players who can play in the Bundesliga. They might not be too exciting, but they're Bundesliga-level quality. And they do need tightening up in the defence, they had the second worst defensive record of last season. And so I think maybe bringing in a younger defensive midfielder who's looking to make the step up to a new league, it could be a nice little signing. But as I said, I think they need to make sure that they all pull together as a team because it's really an example of maybe getting them more of the sum of your parts. Yeah, I think they definitely need to get closer together, play better together, because they're also losing stability with Bono uh, going to Wolfsburg uh, yeah. and Jakobs uh, also leaving the club, I think, to Monaco. Big money. Big money uh, for yeah, both of those players, really. Getting decent money, but I mean, to find a player with the same quality for that money 
is already a challenge, I would say. I can understand where you're coming from, but if I'm honest, I was never really convinced totally where either of them. I mean, people go on about Borno and how, how good a player he is. He scored quite a few goals for Köln, um, to be fair. but An important they, one. A very important one, of course, uh, that gave them a chance in that relegation playoff um, to even be in it. But Köln conceded 60 goals last season. Only Schalke shipped more throughout the campaign and he was the most important element of that back line. Um, and they've got 13.5 million euros from him to go to Wolfsburg. Perhaps I'm wrong and, you know, he'll, he'll prove us uh, or prove me wrong in particular. I think, he'd um, probably, I think he'll probably look solid at Wolfsburg. I can imagine if you put him alongside better players, I know it's a bit of a cop-out that maybe you should stand out if you're playing amongst poor players. But I think certainly in the defence... The rest of the defence is a little bit, is just better than I think you will, you will look better. So I would imagine he'll probably do all right at mm. Wolfsburg. Yeah, perhaps the, the Jacobs one is one that they'll be uh, more disappointed to lose, I think, in terms of the, his potential. You know, he's quite a young player um, moving to Monaco for six and a half million. Maybe they could have got more there. I don't know. But... I don't feel like either of them are going to be huge, huge losses for Köln. Another one perhaps to look at in terms of arrivals is Mark Utz, who has joined. He was good at Köln towards the back end of the 1920 season, uh, if you remember now, mm. which was a fair bit of time of time away now. And in terms of you know what Schalke had to offer last season, going forward at least, he was probably one of the best. And I know <laughs> there's not much comparison there, I appreciate that, but um, he was... Probably the only real excitement perhaps with Hopper um, that they yeah, had. Yeah, come on. You know. I mean, I... Köln, they need to improve, really. 16th place uh, in the Bundesliga is... You get another opportunity, don't you, to stay in with that relegation playoff. Yeah, but I also think they had a really poor season last season. So you saw it when Funkel came in, the team had more stability. They, they had Gistol for most uh, of the season and, and Gistol was just one of the poorest managers in the Bundesliga. So I think a better manager can get more out of the players. Absolutely. I think the squad might be a little weaker than last year. I think the loss of Bono, Jakobs and also Red Bijay going uh, to Bochum now. Marius Wolf as well has returned to Hertha and his loan. Manuel Denis as well in the second half of the season. But I mean, yeah, I've lost some players, yeah. But that's the thing for me is that I think they've probably got an okay starting 11 if you look at between maybe like Duda, Thielman, Anderson and Oot. You know, there's there's something there maybe but I, I worry about what happens when they start to get injuries because I don't think their squad has anywhere near the depth that it needs in terms of quality anyway. Florian Kainz is going to be back. He was he missed a huge parts of last season through a knee surgery, came back towards the end of the season but I mean he's 28 so that could have a big effect in terms of just you know your ability to actually <laughs> perform at a high level when you're out for so long with a knee injury. But yeah, I, it's just a case of thinking over the course of a whole season, they might have problems. But in an individual game, I still think they've got the ability to put out a half-decent starting eleven. One of the most interesting things so far of, of Baumgart's short reign at Köln is that he seems to be giving chances, at least in pre-season, to players that were perhaps out of the picture under Giz Doll. Perhaps the biggest name amongst that group is Anthony Modest, who's returned from his loan spell in, in Portugal, come back and actually been given a chance to, to impress and it feels like Baumgart's going to kind of go with him to perhaps lead the line this season. He likes to play 4-4-2 generally, that's what he did uh, at Paderborn 
in the Bundesliga, um, if you remember. So a, a duel up front of Modest and Anderson. Um, I mean, there's two big guys, <laughs> big, big target men you've got up there, really. Perhaps a little bit more directness is something they could do with. It's about progress, what Kern will be looking for. And you know, anything above 16th, there's progress in that case. If they don't have to go through another relegation playoff, um, they probably take that. They haven't spent any money this window either they've all been free transfers up until now compared to last summer where they did spend about 50 million um, on players and especially on Duda and Anderson in particular with a new manager coming in I think that I think there's more reason to be positive um the negative at Cologne at the moment Baumgart just needs to get the best out of the players that perhaps were overlooked under the previous boss. There's a new sporting director as well at Köln in Jörg Jacobs, which is quite bizarrely, he's only doing it part-time. He's a university lecturer and he has even admitted himself that he's a uni- university lecturer first and foremost and uh, he will commit the time that he can to Köln, which does sound okay. really bizarre. Well, I mean, Cologne has also been pretty chaotic. So even someone working 50% with a plan is an improvement. <laughs> <laughs> Incredibly, that might just be right. A good preseason as well, to be fair. They won four and drawn two of the six games that they've played. So remains to be seen whether Cologne can um, yeah, improve on their performance last season. Next up, we come to Bielefeld, who were newly promoted last season. They stayed in the Bundesliga, probably against what we expected. I think we all had them to go down, if I remember rightly, and they ended up in 15th place. Uh, A change midway through the season in terms of manager was eventually what appeared to save them. Uwe Neuhaus was replaced with Frank Kramer, who made his name in new football uh, management up until that point. Bielefeld, what can they do this season? Uh, is it going to be more of the same, a real struggle against relegation, or do we expect them to be a little bit more comfortable this season? They have spent, actually, a little bit of money. Four players that they bought for at least €1 million, Euros, which for a club around that area is decent going in the Bundesliga. I mean, they'll at least be hoping to stay more comfortable in the Bundesliga, right? Yeah, definitely, but I don't know if I can see it happening to be perfectly honest they only actually scored last season one more goal than Schalke did they really really struggled for goals they were really good at holding on to a lead we mentioned that a lot but they still struggled to just score goals in general and probably their most creative player that they had last season uh, Ritsu Doan is no longer there his loan ended and he's gone back to PSV he was well Maybe not too good for Bielefeld, but it was noticeable that he was probably their best player. And to lose him, that's going to be a big loss. And as I say, when even with him in the team, they still didn't really score that many goals. And if you don't score goals, it will hurt you. I know they did have a good defensive record for a team in that part of this table, but I think it will be going forward where they're going to slip up. Yeah, I think uh, Doan is definitely the person that makes the difference. I mean, there are still rumors that uh, Bielefeld could pick him up again, maybe another loan, maybe they could buy him. I mean, I do like the club and the stability they are trying to bring to the club. Uh, the, the sporting directors are doing a good job. The head of the sports uh, management has been a, a guest at the ZF Sport Studio last season and he came over really clever and, and smart. And so I do think they know what they're doing 
doing. Also, the players they targeted, most of them are from second division, but uh, from also from the French league, from the Portuguese league, from a player from Austria, uh, from Red Bull Salzburg, and a couple of Zweite Bundesliga players. Um, so I think the, it looks like they are constantly improving the team, but a lot uh, depends on Doan. I, I think he was the player that made the difference. The biggest transfer this this window is probably Schöpf. Yeah, yeah, in terms from, of names anyway. From yeah. Schalke. But if a Schalke player is your your hopes for next season, that can be dangerous. But yeah, if they're able to get Doan back or maybe another offensive player, then I don't think uh, the season has to be too bad for Bielefeld. Uh, I mean, they were stable in the defense. And with uh, Fürth and Bochum, there are two teams with also weak squads. So it just feels like the club just knows what they're doing, knows how to spend the money. And planning to build a squad that is either able to stay in the Bundesliga or able to get maybe promoted again if they're going down. Yeah, um, it's an anomaly, really, isn't it, that a team can stay in the Bundesliga and only score 26 goals. Uh, if you look at 14th place, Hertha, they scored 15 goals more, uh, 41 throughout the season. So finding a way to score more goals to go another season where they eke out 1-0 victories mm. on a regular basis, yeah. I feel is really, really difficult for them to do. After a whole season, you're kind of going to be found out a little bit in terms of the way you play and the way you defend. So the, the goals are the main thing. Duan was actually their joint top goal scorer as well with five in in the Bundesliga with close they did have a chance to buy him they had a five million euro buyout option but they couldn't afford to sign him um which is perhaps the wise decision if you look at it in terms of they can bring in a variety of other players and um, you can perhaps boost the squad rather than just one star in, in that respect player but yeah it's I do feel really like it will be another struggle for Bielefeld's one positive, certainly at the time of recording, is that they still have Stefan Ortega in goal. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that he's a player that I wouldn't have been surprised if someone had come in and bought him. And certainly a goalkeeper that is far better than maybe the position in which Bielefeld may end up uh, shows. I mm -hmm. mean, he was in our team of the season for last season. Uh, he kept a number of clean sheets that we talked about. And certainly that's an area where you need to have someone solid if you want to stay in the Bundesliga. And they've got that. So certainly from the back, maybe they've got something they can build on. Next up, we come to Hertha. Uh, I mean, we have lost Schalke, but Hertha are still here to help us get through the season with a few laughs along the way, I'm sure. Perhaps by Hertha's standards, um, certainly during the off-season, it's been a little bit quiet, certainly compared to recent years anyway. Pal Dardai is a new permanent manager at Hertha, which, well, we'll discuss that a little bit more in a minute, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I wouldn't stretch the word permanent too much uh, <laughs> yeah, when exactly, we're talking yeah. about Hertha. <laughs> uh, but yeah, at least for now, uh, he's there. And I think he will be, I mean, the plan will be uh, to end the season with him. I'm I'm not sure if they're even planning the, uh, the next season with him, but I think the plan is to finish the season with him. Have they learned nothing? <laughs> and I'm also not sure if... 
they will finish with him. I still, I think Hertha also is a team that lost some players and was better last season. Lost Cordoba, lost Guendouzi. No. I mean, how they got 20 million for Cordoba, I have no idea. I bet they didn't have to think very long about whether or not they wanted to accept that offer. Yeah, certainly that when you is consider, also true. When you uh, consider the money they've spent on players that they've been able to re- recuperate that amount of money on a, an, an impulse buy is what it felt like a little bit at the time, mm. really, for Hertha. I mean, the first thing that I've written in my notes here is they just can't be as bad this season I, I don't think they will be I really don't think they will be because I do think that Dardai as a manager will not see them finish in 14th place I don't think they'll get much higher than 10th either no. to be honest but I think they'll easily finish in mid-table uh, between that 13th to 10th place let's say well I think they should be uh, <laughs> clearly I'm going to say this but uh, they should be aiming for what Union achieved last season which was a solid top half of the table finish and then maybe if you might be lucky seventh might get you Europa Conference League or something but middle of the table top half table finish is perfectly within their grasp really and he's a manager that will want that he's a manager that is probably able to deliver that that's what he was delivering before they decided to sack him off and you can clearly see what a terrible decision that was hopefully they will sort of go back to maybe where they were when he left. I don't think they will improve much beyond that. It's going to take them a little while, but I certainly see him more than capable of getting them back to where they were when they first sacked him off. Yeah, I think it depends if the club is willing to take small steps. I, I'm also agreeing <laughs> no. with John. Um, I think Hertha, the, the, the team is capable of finishing between 10th and 15th, probably. I think top half would already be a massive success, even though they did do some smart moves. Uh, yeah, with getting Zerda um, from Schalke, one of the better players. I mean, on a good day. He didn't. Ha- he did have a poor season. Uh, yeah, but, but he's, a, he's, he's a good, he's a potential player. He's it, a player who's been in German international and was good for Schalke when they were actually decent. I mean, I don't know. I think he suits her to quite a lot. He's got a big ego, overinflated sense of self-worth uh, and fails to live up to the billing quite a bit. So you're because still... he, within 24 hours of, Lee, of Schalke getting relegated last season, he was talking about wanting to play in the Champions League. I mean, the man is, it is ridiculous. Yeah. And that kind of, I still think that's a bit of a signing that, yeah, it could go well. It could go well and he could deliver. But it's like, I don't think that's what Hertha need right now. Uh, they need to be a little bit more clever with their signings. Jovetic is maybe a little bit more of a better Uh, signing. I know he's a bit older, but I think that there's a maybe a little bit more of a maturity that will be there that I just don't think that you get with Serdar, for example. To be fair to Serdar, he has already played in the Champions League and has played Champions League football before. So perhaps, well, then why has he gone to Hertha, in all fairness, would be the, the big question. I, I like him. I like him. I, I, th- yeah. I think he's a good player. I think he's I think he's definitely a good player. It's a good signing for Hertha. And for 8 million... I suppose, yeah, maybe if you look at, as we've, as I just mentioned, if you're getting 20 million for Cordoba and then you can bring in Serdar for 8 million, I suppose that's not too bad. I just wonder, you know, signings has always been the problem, especially since Vintors has come in and been demanding all these great signings. And mm-hmm. I think we've mentioned previously that he was complaining that they hadn't been making big enough signings. Uh, and as Mirko said, are they going to be prepared to take small steps? But with Bobic now in the club taking charge of all this, I think maybe you might start to see an improvement on that as well. 
I also uh, think it feels like they took already a step backwards uh, in their signings with, I mean, Serda, yeah, is a potential player. Jovetic is a player that he's never, he's never a Champions League player and he will never be a Champions League player. And then they're also, they, are get, they have gotten Boateng, who is a great player, maybe in terms of motivation for the team. He is from Berlin. He has played for Hertha. In terms of motivating the players, he can also be a key player. Uh, Serda already talked about About. The barbecue from Boateng to uh, start off the season was uh, really great. So in terms of maybe finally getting those 25 individuals to become one team, Boateng can really be the right person. Maybe show some players some bars in Berlin uh, after a good, uh, good week and uh, can also have a word with other players after a poorer week. Yeah, he can be a good signing in terms of behind the team and motivation. I do not see him make more than 15 appearances probably he played uh, second division in Italy last season mm -hmm. um, but yeah he is always loud off the pitch um, so he can also be an improvement I think Dardai is going to demand hard work and commitment, isn't he? Um, he's already taking a, a little bit of a swipe at Luca Bacchio for his preseason performance. It also feels like they've tried to cut back a little bit on the squad as well. I mean, there's only those three signings and a fair few players have left. Others that we haven't mentioned in Radonjic, Gwenduzi, Kadira, obviously retired, uh, Adereti and Gankam we mentioned earlier, Lecky also gone. And especially in terms of strikers and, and attacking players, um, they've cut down a bit as well, which would also illustrate that he's going to go a bit more pragmatic in his approach, which perhaps won't be the worst thing um, for Hertha in the world. It certainly wasn't their attack that was their their biggest issue last season. They scored 41. Um, you know, it was more of the defence that that had those troubles. I think what Hertha will want this season is just to to have less chaos off the pitch. It hasn't started fantastically uh, in the off season. Windhorst is under investigation um, for financial irregularities, not related to Hertha um, apparently, but he is a heavy investor into Hertha, so it does affect Hertha indirectly. They need to really cut out those problems off the pitch. He also uh, came out on uh, Twitter and uh, had multiple tweets saying those investigations uh, have nothing against me. And he uh, said it very often. I have paid all the amount that has been due towards Hertha. I mean, it does uh, always sound weird when you have to say it 10 times <laughs> that you did do everything correct. If he says it enough, it might be true. It might become true. <laughs> who knows? Next up, we come to Augsburg, who finished in 13th place in the Bundesliga. The listeners who uh, did tune in regularly last season will have been aware that we were not fans of Augsburg at all, uh, mainly due to the god-awful football that they played under previous manager Heiko Herrlich. Fortunately, he is out of the door um, and Marcus Weinseel is in his place. That happened last season and they did look a little bit better in the final three games, scoring five goals across that time. They cannot be worse than they were under Herrlich. That is the good news, I, I, I suppose. And in terms of signings, they have made one that does stand out a little bit in Nicholas Dorsch, who was part of the German under-21 squad that won the European Championships, did well at Heidenheim when they almost um, were promoted to the Bundesliga as well, when they just missed out to Werder Bremen, and um, was formerly at Bayern. So a player who does have a bit of pedigree um, and is a good signing for them in the middle of the park. Unfortunately, our listeners who are Augsburg fans might not necessarily like what I now have to say but I'm still a little bit 
on the fences towards what Augsburg might do. I look at their squad and I think that is a squad that is good enough to stay up and that shouldn't be a problem. And the fact that Heiko Herrlich is gone has addressed the biggest problem. Weinzel has come back in and they had his best seasons under him. They finished eighth and fifth. But first of all, that was six or seven years ago. Uh, since then, you know, he went to Schalke, did not have a good time there. Although, to be fair, looking back on it now, it wasn't that bad. They finished 10th uh, that season, but that was off the back of, I think they'd not finished lower than 6th in the previous five seasons. The following season as well was when they had their second place finish under Tedesco. But then obviously after that, it, it all fell apart. He had a horrible time at Stuttgart. Uh, he was managing them the year that they got relegated. And I think when you look at Augsburg on the whole, their last six seasons, they finished 12th, 13th, 12th, 15th, 15th and 13th. And if there's any team that might be maybe a bit of an outsider for possibly getting relegated, I think that out of anyone this season, it could well be Augsburg, I have to say. I still, as I say, I look at that squad and I think that is a squad that should not get relegated. But there's always maybe one or two surprises down the bottom. Um, and we've sort of had it in recent years, Hamburg, Schalke and whatnot. And I th- look at then, OK, who's been playing? Well, what have teams been doing over the last four or five seasons in the Bundesliga? And Augsburg have really hit a ceiling that they've not mm. been able to get back above. I don't know. I know that's probably not a lot of optimism for Augsburg fans, but I couldn't really see it any other way. I guess you could you could say they know how to stay in the Bundesliga. That is true. I mean, Mirko does mention Mainz quite a lot in terms of, you know, teams that they're not going to do a lot, but they know how to stay in the league. And maybe you could apply that to Augsburg as well, if we're trying to look at the positives. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. There's been a couple of issues off the pitch for them. Caligiuri, their club captain, has tested positive for corona, which means he'll miss the start of the season. Not the best of news. And Kevin Danzo is refusing to train or play for Augsburg. Again, there seems to be a bit of an issue there. Um, he's been away on loan as well over the last couple of seasons, but that, that's also not going too well. And um, They've also got quite a lot of injuries in central defence as well which is also not great to start the season with especially when they are a team who you feel will rely on 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 their defensive abilities i know what you mean richard and looking at a lot down the table i think it's hard to call this term in terms of who's going to get relegated you look at the two sides who come up and in in particular they're probably your favorites looking at it but a lot of the other sides are not too dissimilar than what they were last year you know they haven't really lost many players they haven't really added many players either it all feels a little bit much of the same only Schalke lost more games than Augsburg last season they lost 18 out of 34 games so I think the one thing that they're really going to have to hope for is that they're going to get a really good response from having a new manager. And Mm. you did see it towards the end of last season, even just in terms of the application, maybe the results weren't massively different, but you certainly saw the application was different. The performances in total were different. So they'll certainly want to improve on the number of games that they lost. If they lose the same number of games or roughly the same number of games as uh, they did last season, this season, then they will be in trouble for sure. Our next side is Mainz, who finished the season in 12th position last term somehow. 
Um, that was after a quite stunning rook runder where they picked up 32 points for a possible 51. Um, that would have been enough to secure fifth in the table in the second half of the season. That was in total contrast to the first 17 games where they only picked up seven points, which is, I mean, dreadful. Uh, perhaps doesn't even begin to cover it. I have predicted Mainz to get relegated for the last two seasons. Perhaps I'm going to jinx it now and they will get relegated. I don't think they will this year. I think... With a manager, a couple of really interesting signings, and I mean they have, they have lost a couple of important players, which we'll come to as well. But I feel like there's been some clever business done, and a manager who will get the best out of this team. Um, so I expect them, yeah, to actually stay in the Bundesliga. I've given up; they've they've beaten me. They've they've slowly but surely beaten my optimism in a sense <laughs> of them dropping them of them dropping out of the league. I'm a fan, converted. I think we all want them to just basically continue playing how they played in the second half of the season because it wasn't just necessarily the results that they got, but it was also the way that they played. I thought that it was very good, entertaining football. You wanted to watch Mainz play. Whether or not they can continue that, I think Jason Lee from Kiel could be a good signing. A very technical player, works well for the team. Might not be outstanding in terms of sort of end product, but has played well for Kiel in the fight of Bundesliga. And I think he's a player that can make the step up to the Bundesliga as well. And kind of a good signing in the sense of they want players who can play with the ball, who can use the ball and not just going for, you know, the biggest, most physical team. They want to be able to play football as well. Exactly. And yeah, that's what Svensson certainly brought that in. They were able to compete with some of the bigger teams, which was which was really impressive. Remember they beat Leipzig, which was something that that we were we were massively um shocked about at the time and they really built on that as well from that point onwards. They did lose a couple of players. They lost goalkeeper Müller. But he was already uh, on loan um last season, to yeah. be fair. They lost uh, Kunde, who didn't have the best season last season, but the season before and the season before that, I think he was uh, one of the key players in midfield. Uh, they lost Danny Lazza, who went to Schalke, and also Öztunali, uh, who went to Union. So a couple of players in midfield they lost. They did bring in Stach from Greuther Fürth, who played defensive midfield for most of the season. So at least he's coming from a, from a su successful season last year. Hmm. Um He will probably be playing at Mainz. Um, I would have thought so. Certainly when they spent three and a half million on him, I, yeah. I expect him to be starting. They've also got dropping Kvaiz on, uh, who's yeah. left on a free transfer, which is a, a bit of a tough one for them. Um, you know, He's been regularly chipping in with goals down the years for them and did do as well last season. So disappointing to lose him. And especially losing Kvaiz on, the issue is where will the goals come from. You look at the strikers and Salai is a player who works really hard. He's a big target man, does give his all. But in terms of putting the ball in the back of the net, he's not somebody you would rely on to do that. Uh, Onisivo did chip in with some goals last season. Burkhardt didn't really, if we're being honest. That's something that Svensson will have to have to look at and sort, um, getting goals into the bag of the net. And also, I've been trying to keep them out of the other end. 56 goals conceded last term, only three sides shipped more. And Nia Kate has kind of refused to commit his future to Mainz at the moment. But to be fair, at least for goals, I mean, last season, no one scored more than seven at Mainz. I mean, Mainz is always a team that played uh, very flexible and uh, distributed the goals all over the pitch. So I'm not really worried when it comes to Mainz not having a star striker. I think, I mean, Burkhardt, Salai, 
and Onisivo are good enough. Certainly, they shouldn't pick up too many injuries, but I mean, they can be flexible with them even. I mean, they could have Salai as a big striker. Um, they could have Burkhardt on the wings and Onisivo as yeah rather flexible ones. So yeah, I'm not too worried when it comes to striker. I, I just think that the general team is fairly decent and they know how to play with each other. Mm. And the coach also on top um, knows how to get the best out of them. What Mainz must do is attack the start of the season. They attacked the, the Rückrunde and it paid off dividends for them. They've got to look to do the same early on as well. Don't get into a position where you are chasing staying up. It will happen for you sometimes and it happened last season, but it's not a thing that you can regularly allow to happen. So yeah, that's, I think that's what Mainz's biggest task um, this season is not having to play catch up as they were last term. Well, two of their opening three games are against Bochum and Furt. They open on match day one at home against Leipzig. Uh, they did pretty well in that game last season, but um, you know, you got, I don't think maybe they'll get the exact same result. But then if you're looking after that and you get two of the promoted teams, then you've really got to go into that and say, this is going to give us a good start to the season, really. So we've spoken about a lot of sides who would probably expect to be in and around the bottom half of the table this coming campaign. One team who will really be looking higher up the table rather than below them is Hoffenheim. Uh, a really poor season for them last term where they finished in 11th in the table. A couple of times they qualified for the Champions League. They were in the Europa League as well last season, of course. And then to not even make the top half after that um, was a real disappointment. It came with a new manager in Sebastian Hernes, who was uh, in his first real job in management as well. He found it difficult at the start in the first half of the season. However, in the Rückrunde, they picked up 24 points, which is the seventh best in the league. If they can try and keep up at that rate throughout the season, it's a massive step in the right direction. And I think Hoffenheim would take that as progress. The important thing for them so far during this transfer window, it isn't over yet at the time of speaking, is keeping a hold of all of their best players. They have lost pretty much no one who was a starter last season. The main one being Andre Kramaric, who... Uh, is still their player. Um, in terms of new signings, David Raum uh, from Furt is probably the main one. They have signed Sebastian Rudy on a free transfer uh, to, to take him back. I am surprised by that one. But yeah, it's been a solid off-season. And in this case, I think keeping it much the same might well do them more favours than not. Well, last season I was uh, really hyped about uh, Sebastian Hoeneß and I thought he has potentially could take Hoffenheim somewhere, maybe even a good season top five, top four finish. But then they also had a ton of injuries. Lots of players uh, caught corona and uh, were out. So Hoffenheim really had a had a tough season when it comes to that. After a while, I still think Hoeneß just didn't have any answers anymore and uh, just yeah, was praying to get the season over. So I was a little disappointed. I'm not expecting too much from Hoffenheim for next season, even though, yeah, they, they kept their squad. There is still the possibility of Kramaric leaving. But for me, Hoffenheim, I would not really expect them anywhere in the top eight. But for me, it's also the first team that definitely has nothing to do with relegation, even though if they pick up a bad season, it will never be a season as bad as Schalke, for example. 
yeah, I can't I can't see them being anywhere near that relegation scrap. What they need to really do this season is try and find help for Kramaric. You know, he's carried the team. We said it last season, but of all the teams in the Bundesliga, I don't think there's a team who relies on one player quite as much, I feel, as Hoffenheim do with Kramaric. They have they signed De Boer for a hefty fee and he showed it in, in fits and starts, but never really been consistent enough to warrant what was, I think, a fee of over 10 million euros. Um, if he can start to provide some goals and back up for Kamaric, then they've got two good goal-scoring strikers there. That could be something for them to really build upon and keeping all those other players. Um, they lost a couple of players who were, who were there on loan, but they weren't perhaps their star performers throughout the campaign. I'm positive. I, I, I am optimistic about um, about Hoffenheim. I did predict them to finish, I think it was fifth or sixth last season, so not quite that high. But I think definitely, you know, top half, even if that is just ninth place, again, would be a step in the right direction for them. And just trying to be a bit more consistent, I think, where they were a little bit erratic. First half of the season was quite poor. Second half um, was quite good. They produced some really good performances. They are capable of really good performances. When they battered by Don't... Well, they're better buying four one. I knew you were going to say yes, but that was the only thing they did, and but they're capable of it. uh, Well, true, yeah. To be fair, they are capable of it, but I would rather win the majority of your other games throughout the season and maybe lose to Bayern, then that would be the one good result, and then you drop points in games that you just should not be dropping points in. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm just trying to illustrate that they've got the quality to, to cause uh, some teams' problems. And perhaps no Europe could help them as well. Last season, they only won two of the eight league games that came directly after Europa League fixtures. So something to say for that as well. Absolutely, yeah. And so our last team of this first episode of the preseason preview is Freiburg. They finished in 10th place last season. In terms of managerial changes, no such danger of that for them. Christian Streich is still the manager at Freiburg. Uh, Something we're all happy with because he's quite a popular man in German football as well. They have not made a single signing so far this summer. I do believe they are the only club in the Bundesliga to be in that situation. Again, they've also not lost any important players really either so make of that what you will but honestly with Freiburg I can see them finishing in exactly the same position next season 10th place solid no frills perhaps going the other way where they might start off a little bit slower and pick up a bit more pace rather than starting off quite well and then dropping down a little bit we were talking about them for Europe a little bit last season which uh, never really materialised but 10th place solid for Freiburg um, I can see that happening again yeah I mean you you mentioned it uh, they didn't sign anyone not from external clubs they did get a couple of players from the second team which can also be a big help for them because the second team just got promoted to third division. So for a club like Freiburg, that can be a positive thing. They can maybe interchange players, have a player that is coming back from an injury, play in the second team, test some players in the second team, um, have some players from the second team after a good half season go to the first team. So in, in a long-term strategy, if they also if they're able to, to keep the second team in the third division. This could really help Freiburg. Maybe the first season can be tough because sometimes you might even need a decent player to help in the second team. Um, So they they will need to find their balance. But for for a team that is depending a lot 
on young players and on on developing own players. Um, I think it's a it's a positive thing for Freiburg to have a team in the in the third division as well. One of my mates is a Freiburg fan. He is pretty positive. He was positive last season. I uh, wasn't quite sure and uh, said they are rather going to finish mid table. I said the same again, but he said there are some good players. Kimberly Ekitswem, for example, who is uh, one of the second division ones, he is one to look out. And yeah, Freiburg is always capable of uh, bringing players to the Bundesliga who then just have a really good season. One good thing for me is that with certainly with Freiburg is that there is still a bit of a improvement that goes on every season and that now they are looking like a team having been back in the Bundesliga for five years or so that are perfectly capable of getting 40 odd points or so anywhere between 40 to 50 points they are more than capable of doing in every season of the last four years they've also increased the number of goals that they're scoring they need to sort out their defense a little bit because they conceded 52 goals last season uh, which if you finishing 10th is maybe a little bit on the high side Mm. but with every season that passes they score more and more goals and I think that's the improvement that has been good to see they always look like they can cause a team problems they might go on runs where they don't get the results but having had strike in there for so long is that they also don't panic about that it's like fine you know what we're gonna have a run where four or five games we might only pick up two draws but they don't panic they know what they're doing they know what they're about they know how to ultimately play a whole season i would say smack bang where they ended up last season is probably what they should uh, they will get this season i do hope they look to bring in another midfielder because they do look light in that part of the pitch there's very little flexibility um, and creativity in the middle of the park so they could do with uh, a bit of reinforcement there but having both Schlotterbecks actually at the club um, for this coming season should be fantastic for them they've both done well at Union respectively over the last two seasons you're welcome (laughs) so Freiburg let's get to have both of them now in the same team so that should be good for their defensive part but yeah 10th place in the Bundesliga I think we could be here next season and they've just done exactly the same. And I guess most of Freiburg fans would be happy. I guess they would. And so that brings an end to this first Bundesliga episode of the upcoming season. It's great to be back in the studio with Richard and Mirko as ever. Yeah, we didn't quite get onto our predictions. We'll probably get onto that in our uh, next episode um, in terms of who might get relegated. But just talking about these teams, it's already, um, it's given me a little bit of hunger, a little bit of taste for the new season. Can't wait. And also you dropped some parts where I feel like, "Ah, maybe your predictions can be off again. (laughs) Oh, that is, that's for certain. I don't think, uh, wait till the next episode when you find out some of my more crazier predictions. Let's be honest, the predictions about laughing at at this point, are they really? Rather yeah. than about taking it seriously, it feels like. So yeah, this is the first part of our two-episode preview. The second part, discussing all of the top nine clubs uh, from last season's Bundesliga, will be out on Friday before the first game of the new season. Borussia Mönchengladbach against Bayern Munich uh, to kick us off. Not a bad game, that is it. Again, also, just, oh, what's the appetite? Can't wait for that. It's just around the corner. Bundesliga. Bundesliga football is soon to be back. We'll see you later this week.